millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Art Detective with me, Dr. Yanina Ramirez. I'm an Oxford lecturer, a broadcaster and writer, and I'm also your chief investigator of images. I'm having a lovely time today with my guest, Ricky Martin, who I know better as Art Ninja. True. <laughs> you are CBBC's Art Ninja. Yeah, that's what that's what I do. That's my day job, I guess. Actually, yeah. I've got more than one day job. I also, also do a lot of some different creative stuff, creative director and a bit of an artist myself. Yeah, and um, you've worked for Ardman as yeah, an animator. Um, a bit, yeah. I'm, I'm mainly director on there, but I do do animation as well. Yeah. True. I mean, you're a man of many talents. Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, the, as I know you from Art Ninja because my kids watch it and I've ended up watching it. But I love it because you're you are the new Tony Hart, aren't you? You're this generation's Tony Hart. That's 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 a really high standard to be put against. And people usually just tell me that I'm not as good as Neil Buchanan. But... <laughs> Say yeah, Tony no, Hart, that's great. But yeah. you're brilliant because, yeah, it's, it's making, doing, creating art. But you've also studied art, haven't you? Indeed, yeah. I, st- I studied a, I did it when I was in, in my GCSEs when I, for my A-levels and for Art Foundation. And then I sort of moved into doing more animation and media after that. But it's always remained a passion. And you still paint and draw yeah. and things. Yeah, mess around. I can't believe you do that on top of the day job. <laughs> Just a little bit more painting. I haven't done enough today. Well, there's 24 hours in a day, so you can... <laughs> You can feel it somehow, can't you? <laughs> and skateboarding, of course. Of course, yeah. We are talking about a very appropriate artwork today. When I asked you what you wanted to do, tell me what you said. Um, <laughs> what, word for word? <laughs> <laughs> I said I really wanted to look into Enrico Bush because um, it's, it's a little bit crazy, mental, a little bit different. Everyone expects me to pick um, more child-friendly stuff, but... He sometimes likes to draw willies on things, <laughs> um, but in in the stuff that we're looking at today, it's um, it's very I, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's, there's a, lots of different ways you could describe it. It's kind of it's it's aggressive, but it also almost feels like an itch that needs to be scratched. All of his mm. artwork. And I yeah, the work we're looking at is um, fire, fire. Mm. It's in the Tate. And um, yeah, we're looking at it on the laptop uh, in a cafe, having a nice Indeed. sit down. And But in this context, you don't really get a sense of the scale of it, do you? Because it's no. a huge thing. It's, what is it, about a metre 20? Yeah, it's but, massive. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, actually, because I, I, I went on, shall I tell you how I came across him? Because it's not something that I, I sort of went out of my way to find. I was on a trip when I was doing Art Foundation. We were in Milan, and we'd all bought tickets to go and see The Last Supper. 
and everyone was really excited going to see the last supper, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was not that bothered. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh, you, think, oh, you Philistine. <laughs> well, no, because of, I think it's the thing about so, quite a lot of religious art. You already know the story behind it and what went into it. And it also seems so ostentatious in the actual, in, in the way that it's actually put together. And so I just sacked it off and went around with my friend Tom and we thought we'd better see a like a, a gallery somewhere, otherwise we're idiots coming here on an, an art an art course and not seeing anything. And we walked into this gallery. It was a complete solo show of his work. I was just blown away. Wow. It was just completely mental. Like all of his stuff is just it's huge. There's so many mixed medias in it. Yeah. They seem sort of frustrated and excited. Every single one screams at you. It was really overwhelming. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't go and see the Last Supper. Yeah. I probably should have, but. <laughs> If I hadn't, I would have never discovered him. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he's he's not the most well-known of artists. Um, so you should probably put him in a bit of context. He's Italian. So seeing him in Milan, that's his hometown, isn't yeah. it? Um, this is before he died as well. Oh. Because he, what, he died... I don't know, about 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 10, born, ago. born 1944. And in terms of his work, I mean, he's he's part of a number of movements. I think mm. that's one of the other issues is he sort of slips between different isms and different different um, types of modern art. But the one we're looking at today, um, Fire Fire, it's in the Tate. I wasn't in the least bit surprised that you picked this, frankly. Why not? Ricky, because <laughs> for a start, the eyes are made of Meccano. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Given your connection with yeah. kids' TV. Mm. This, this totally did not surprise me. But he is like it, it seemed like he just walked around the streets picking stuff off the floor and thought, that will work well in my paintings. But he did though, didn't mm. he? And that was part of his technique. Collage really comes into his work, doesn't it? I mean, this one is, it's paint. It's got this, this weird bit of Meccano to, to do the eyes. Um, but I think what's what you say is, you know, that this is like you're being screamed at. Yeah. And the context, given given the title, I guess, we could say fire fire this is a dramatic moment that's being captured well he was kind of obsessed with nuclear war for a while wasn't he yeah. well who wasn't i mean if going through the cold war back then it probably thought everything was going to blow up every second but it's the, the way i th when i first saw it the way i thought it felt like um you know if you doodle on a page um i'm about to sort of maybe delve slightly too deeply into my psyche um <laughs> you sort of do a doodle on the page and it doesn't quite feel right so you put do a doodle like a scratch in the corner a little scratch somewhere else to try and find that area that felt like it was meant to be and he ends up creating these really I feel like they're like live emotions, like these things just screaming out, doing a particular thing. And I th they all seem to are reminiscent of this. I feel like a frustration or a fear that suddenly exploded. Um, and this one just, when I, when I first started, it made me laugh. I just thought it was so hilarious. Mm. Just for, for the first thing, it's just, this is making me laugh. And then I started reading about it and looking into it. And I was like, blimey, actually, there's quite a lot going on here. And and yeah, I'm sure you can tell me. I mean, you're the art detective, right? <laughs> art ninja versus art detective today. We're going to be batting it back and forth. Um, I mean, I think that the the significance of this is that, uh, again, it, it looks so childlike, doesn't mm. it? And um, when we think about Baj and, and the influences at the time, he was, he was a really interesting character. He was really in, involved in um, love of psychoanalysis and the impact of you know the subconscious um and he was part of a movement that wanted to get back to sort of childlike qualities mm. in art i mean he did all sorts of different things didn't he and he was a very capable and accomplished artist um i think some people might look at this and go oh bad art but it's not it's not that he's doing these things badly he's doing them in this style because he's yeah it's all intentional yeah mm. he's emulating the, the drawings and sketches of kids mm. trying to get back to this childlike innocence in a mm. funny sort of way um when you saw the exhibition 
is, did you see sort of stylistic differences or was there yeah well his the the um the media that he was using changes throughout like it was very it went from very very heavy collage work to just to just some main sort of paintings and there was mirrors in them then there was medals using quite medals. a lot that's the general <clears throat> series isn't it that's <clears throat> the one he's really famous for and yeah found found pieces so hills like you say pick things up and use them but this idea that you're you're putting medals and metal and things onto yeah onto a canvas but yeah i think it's interesting that he's used meccano here as well because that is a childish it is element. A ch- entirely childish yeah but it works so well doesn't it the eyes they end jump up out looking, entirely yeah but they look they look odd they look unsettling um slightly surreal yeah to say the least <laughs> let me zoom in on it a little bit i yeah. just want to get a bit clearer into him and i think that the um yeah, look, because there's Meccano around. <laughs> it's actually doing the outlines in Meccano as well. And then that's one of the little rubber wheels, isn't it? Is that a rubber wheel around the eye? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it crazy? The, the closer you get in on it, actually, the more you see, the more detail you can see. I love how the colour of the Meccano has changed. He's, he's like mm. used he's different bits. And it goes all the way down here. So, I mean, in, in terms of using other objects... That's that's part of this this whole approach as well, isn't it? It's almost like like the chaos of nuclear war. Um, it's exploding onto the canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his, his fascination with with nuclear war it comes through in other images as well. Um, this one, I think, what's startling about it is um, the, the mouth. That bold use of white around the mouse but look at the background as well is it a curtain i think he's yeah he's put it onto material hasn't he it's it just seems so incongruous mm. and so really good word. there's mm. not uh yeah, good thank you <laughs> there's no narrative here is there i think that that might be one of the things that for art detective listeners you know this is not standard traditional art no um this is not your last supper but why does it affect you then do you think why is it why do you think it's it works for you well I, th- I guess it's because I, when I first saw it, I didn't know what I was going into and I didn't realize I was going to like it or want to see it or be fascinated by it in, in any way. It's just because there's such, there's such like little characters almost like built up frustration, like ready to explode. And it was just so much, it was so refreshing after walking around and thinking to see such old pieces of work to then see something that I thought at the time was quite contemporary, but I mm. guess from the actual, the, the, the other people that he was working with, it was all part of a greater movement that I then looked into as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, as, as you know, I'm an animator as well. And I felt like these things, my, my work has gone from um, starting with sketches and comic books and then moving of being frustrated, like it wanted to move. And I feel like his are doing it anyway. It's like, a, this feels like a still of a character in, in turmoil and, and screaming out. And that kind of inspired me in my animation. I actually based quite a few characters in my foundation year on Barge's work. And you animated them. <clears throat> and I animated them. That was like people drawn onto these bits of curtains and eyes and kind of things in them that were animated. So much fun. That's so cool. Uh, but I, lo- I, lo- I, think you're, I think you're right. You know, this is poised on that, that edge of, of moving images that, that using different mediums. But I think there is so much movement. There's so much drama. Um, I think the childlike simplicity is quite important, isn't it? Because um, Barge was associated with lots of different movements. So with Dada mm-hmm. and surrealism, but also with Cobra. Yeah, we were saying this, like if you'd joined earlier, it would have been called something different. <laughs> yeah, he joined late on. So the founding members were were from these three different cities, weren't they? So Copenhagen, Brussels and Amsterdam 
we made ourselves remember that, didn't we, yeah. earlier? And um, that, and you get the CO from Copenhagen, mm-hmm. BR from Brussels, and the A from Amsterdam. And but their whole MO really was about going back to childishness. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen Apple, I mean. I've just recently done a programme with Alistair Souk where we went to Amsterdam and we saw the huge Apple mural that's there. And I'm not I'm not convinced. I find I find I like I like what Apple's doing. Very, very similar artist. Mm-hmm. Bold colour, mixed medium, very um you know, basic outlines. I yeah, I, I sort of I'm, I'm on the fence with Apple. I like Barge more in a funny way. How about you? Do you I mean, do you know the the comparisons uh yeah i do i I feel like he cares less but also if you look into it there is a meticulousness in there so obviously he does but it 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 just feels more instinctual i think yeah more free Mm. and but that's the childlike part of it as well isn't it i guess because kids just go for it (laughs) but it's i think it's um it's part of this idea of this the the spirit the soul the psychoanalysis um he's he's really fascinating he worked closely with umberto echo as well who's one of my absolute heroes um sort of father of semiotics in lots of ways and this idea of signifiers um reducing things down to signs and symbols uh i can see that he's really influenced by that i think that he i think there's actually quite a lot of messaging going on in these i don't so much in the apple because it just seems to be an expression of color yeah an explosion whereas i think more he's of a playing, statement yeah i think mm. he's actually you know sending through messages in these um and the name as well fire fire i mean well it's in italian it was it fiera it, 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 yeah. yeah but okay well, well, yeah well. but that's obviously what you call it yeah yeah um, and I think that the fact he titles them, he titles all his, his works with these sort of ambiguous titles, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, I was looking at some of the other things he's done. They're all quite funny as well. That's it. Because I told you that's the reason I actually liked him. So I just, just thought they were so they were so hilarious. Really it's just funny. And it's it's that expression on them. You're just like, oh, my God, look at this one. Come and look at this one. Like yeah. that next around the corner, massive again. And there's another one that he did in the Tate. That just looks like a massive. It's a. It's a print, yeah. and it's um. It's like a huge. I don't know, moustache or who, mm. like a, a grass dress with big boggly green eyes and a sort of a wedge shape for a nose and a, and a bit of a moustache. I find that really funny, mm. <laughs> and um, and so I think there's a certain amount of of comedy in it because I because I, I think they translate really. I personally think they translate really well into into being animated characters because they're already funny. And you could you can see how this thing would move. You can see how that would move, <laughs> and, and and that's just sort of it just gets you into the stuff i just love i just love that part of it so what did you do with them when you animated them what were they what were they up to well i'm um, my entire and so i did an animation for my foundation year which um it was like it was inspired by loads and loads of different um different animations at the time there was some dragon ball z that there was some dragon ball z in there because you know anime was around at that time but um in it was um it was so many different kinds of media, but inside of a machine that was doing something, like a human that was doing something, inside the eye was one of Baj's characters driving the person, oh. like being in charge, and then like the the little control room where they are, like got them fine. It was panicking, like kept stopping these different different um, expressions. Well, that's perfect, given the sort of the idea of going into the mind. And... I, I would have loved to have met him, but I think he, I don't know what, I'm trying to imagine what the person behind these things would have been like, because mm. would he have been kind of, cool or not cared or felt like you didn't get what he was trying to do or would he been really frustrated that we were laughing at, mm. at, at works well that... I think the fact that he was a member of Dada uh, sort of got into Dada mm. I think that that idea of, of nonsense mm. actually is so important um, in that movement it's supposed to be 
provocatively funny, isn't it? Um, and, and you know, I think he sits beautifully within all of those brackets with Cobra, with 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 Dada, with Surrealist. But um, but also, I just think that he was quite a nonconformist. I mean, when you look at his life, he was an anarchist. Yeah. He was a rebel. He refused to be subscribed to the army, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I think he was probably quite a rebellious character. Um, Why isn't he more well known? It's tricky. It's tricky, isn't it? I think because you ain't going to forget this picture, are you? Once you've seen Firefire, I don't think no. you can forget it. It gets etched in the retina. Um, he really isn't very well known. I think it's probably because um, a lot of his paintings are obviously still in Italy. Yeah. A lot of his images, but also he did prints as well, didn't he? Um, bit on small scale. So the Tate's only got two. The Tate has got this one, and the Tate has got this this print, the mm-hmm. one with the the hula skirt. <laughs> um, but on the whole, I think it's it's he's not he's not well 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 known at all. Um, I think the other big names from those movements are are better known. Yeah. Um, but I think that now that now that we've had a chance to look at it, I, I think it will have an impact on the viewer. There's there's. A wonderful use of colour in it, isn't there? Because well, I'm assuming that's the flames burning up. Isn't yeah, it's it's actually quite horrible, isn't it? Because I think what you've got is the licking orange paint mm. as the flame, and then these sort of bursts of red as well. Oh, it's always like he's yeah, bleeding. <laughs> what, what do you think he's saying? This character. <laughs> Fire, fire. Yeah, yeah, I, can... <laughs> I think it's more sort of one syllable swear word. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think yeah, I mean he's he does look like he's gonna burst out. Actually, yeah. I think what's really clever as well is the way he's put that that framing area behind the yeah. figure. That sort of puts it him into it, relief. It does. It it pulls it out from the, the very, very textured background, doesn't it? It does. And and again, I think that this the repetition of the red in the mm. eyes and coming through here. It is. It's, it's slightly um, upsetting and in, 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 in makes you think of a bomb or you know a nuclear mm. attack. Yeah, totally. I guess the, it's kind of these cogs of clockworkness in it as well as that kind of bomb idea getting in there as well. This, these, then you start to look into it and start thinking the Meccano almost feels almost like circuit-like. Mm. Mm. Well, so it's kind of a mix of this like very organic character that's like flowing and rounded, and then these very strange angular bits on the inside and actually they give it a sort of a robotic quality mm. i sort of think quite a few of his things look like they could be um yeah robots yeah that's that's why they, the character ended up inside a robot in, in my thing yeah, yeah yeah but i do think i mean i think it's um it's it's dramatic and it's unsettling as much as it, as it is funny mm. um i mean some people are going to look at this and just say i don't get it yeah i don't like it what would you what's your defense what's what's why is this worth looking at Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> That's really difficult, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I can only say how I enjoy it. I know that if that was like at the bottom of the stairs when I got up in the morning, went down the stairs, I'd look at it and I'd probably laugh every single day. <laughs> and I just it just gives me so much enjoyment. But... Um, I guess if you were in a really bad upset mood, it would have the entirely opposite effect, wouldn't it? Of sort of this misery and it's, well, this character's going to die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is, I mean, I I find it incredibly emotive. I have friends that would actually pick off the Meccano probably. They would, Mm. they would. I mean, amazed it's, yeah, somebody has resisted the urge to play with the Meccano. (laughs) But um, I think, I think what it does is, is, is doing what a lot of modern art is doing at this time, isn't it? It's trying to challenge the norm it's trying to be unlike other arts um it just doesn't i'm as much as it being serious in in its themes it doesn't take itself it's not trying to take itself so seriously seriously i mm. think there's a lot of artists that do take themselves seriously i yeah. mean it's great some of the stuff they do the messages they send but i often feel like come on chill out that's <laughs> meant to be fun as well as being in some kind of expression he's like i was reading about barge actually i was reading that um he he worked on a, um, a weird pseudo philosophy where they used to um, make up imaginary scientific scenarios. Okay. So it was um, him and Echo, I think, as well. But they would write these these treaties that were entirely imaginative, entirely imagined, and yet using the language of science and philosophy <laughs> to make it seem really, um, really sensible. And, and that absurd nature of just nonsense, writing very, very serious nonsense. <laughs> There's that, I think he's got an inherent um, conflict between that idea. Of sort of... There's a kind of worry there that if we all get blown up tomorrow, maybe his theses of stuff will survive and people read them and think that's how it was back then. <laughs> they, they, are, they sound absolutely fascinating, really, really funny. But I think this is, we haven't actually dated the painting, have we? So it's um, 1963 to 1964-ish. Um, as I say, it's got Meccano, it's got um, it's got paint, it's got elements um, of collage going on in there as well. But um, when we think about it coming out of the 60s, I think that's important too isn't it because you mentioned obviously the cold war was was going to be playing heavily Mm. on his imagination um and the obsession with the nuclear but in a way i do see this sitting quite comfortably within the 60s as as a sort of art a time in art it's bright it's it's subversive there's a lot of other works of of his during the 60s that probably tie in a lot more with the free love thing that's happening then but yeah it does it has got a has got a vibe to it hasn't it because yeah go on tell tell the listeners about them all right okay um i always wonder how much i can say in my particular in in my particular work and everything but (laughs) you're um, not on children's tv now great um (laughs) so he's drawn drawn he's painted and made some great prints and works which all have a lot of dicks in them yeah (laughs) and 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 they are as striking and as as incredible as fire fire but you look at him oh that's oh oh my days that's (laughs) what's happening there um 
and yeah, so I guess there was some 60s vibes coming through in 60s those. 60s vibes coming mm. through the free love. But mm. it's funny, <laughs> again, kind of, kind of being serious now, mm. but um, thinking again about this childlike quality, mm. the idea that they want to sort of draw and paint like children. Um, <laughs> we were saying earlier, didn't we, that there is a point in in a boy's life where yeah. they will just start drawing... Penises. Penises yeah. everywhere. Bus stop willies everywhere. <laughs> Scratch <laughs> them into the side of the car. No, you said there's a point in boys lives you you never grow out of it i don't think afterwards no. it's still funny like later on <laughs> yes yeah, yeah i've heard the outtakes from art ninja stories the phallic already. obsessions yeah yes. oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, i mean this is this is a bit more more serious i think mm. this is and and again i think what's what's interesting go back to that idea of, of making up this sort of absurd philosophy <laughs> that that you can have these emotions in the same image is what I think makes it so powerful. Yeah, that's why. It's so that's why it is such a success, isn't it? Mm. It's the humour, mm. the the ridiculousness of mm. it. I mean, that face looks ridiculous with the eyes made of Meccano, and yet simultaneously the horror, the fear, mm -hmm. the noise, the drama that's coming out of this. It's really clever because it's so simple. I mean, just these the complementary colours makes it obviously make you look at it from across the room and attract you straight into its face. And yeah, it's it's, it's very simply done but it says so much it really does I, and the more you look at it actually the more the more successful i think it becomes mm. so it's rubbish at drawing hands but. <laughs> yeah they're very very bad fingers mm. i think my five-year-old could definitely do better than that mm. um the well i'm really interested by the fact that he's chosen this quite um floor uh, this this floriate design in the background all these leaves um because it in a way it sort of sets it outside but yeah there's a there's it's a, like a jungle isn't it yeah there's something quite, I suppose, quite primitive about it as well. Because again, when we think about about the '60s, this idea mm -hmm. of kind of um, different influences coming in to the art world. But um, but I just think it, it's a wonderful contrast between those sort of muted greens and beiges of the leaves, and then that really really bright primary colours. Mm. Mm. It does feel wild, doesn't it? Mm. Like it's a wild creature. And I guess that's maybe what I used to think when I felt like it was a it was a radicalised expression that had come to life as a character. I think I did feel because of this greenery around it, it was like a wild animal in a just going out of the woods suddenly. Yeah, and the bared teeth as well. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about that. That that open mouth with the, the again, he's brilliant at using contrasts, isn't he? Mm. So contrasting red and green, complementary colours, and then the, the the white and the black there mm. is just so stark. Um, to me, there is a definite sense of an animal, something mm. cre cre like not entirely human. And the fact it's green, of course, you know, again, not entirely human. No. <laughs> um, some sort of imagined creature. There's the wild animal element here, mm. but I think there's also, I mean, it's almost a slightly extraterrestrial, slightly alien-like. It is something that a, a kid would imagine. Maybe, you know, coming at them in the night. There's like yeah. a bogeyman. <laughs> What's the word? It's... um. It's uh, an anamorph, like I can't, my, my vocabulary sometimes drops from me, um, where you are basically putting... Anthropomorphize. Yes, exactly. Thank there you. There you go. Get asked um, the medievalist. Yeah, least. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it is, because um, we then put the emotions into this little creature, what's going on in it. Like you, the beholder fills it with its own meaning, which is, well, which is why so many people can interpret it in different ways. But it, Right, you were saying earlier about that. We've got the complementary colors obviously make it pop out of you, just a very, very dark contrast. If you look at it in the way it's put together, like just, just in the thirds and way everything's like that, he's using very, very, very simple artistic um, like uh, techniques 
just really effectively. Do you mm. know what I mean? He hasn't hasn't overworked it and tried to and tried to be so he's kept it really, really simple, as you said, like in the in the childlike way. But all those things working together just makes it really, really pop. I think that's 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 brilliant because again, there's a reason that this works, whereas other randomly thrown together um, childlike drawings may not, and that's because he understands the principles of how to compose an image. And you're absolutely right. You know, this idea of segmenting the um, the diagonals that are coming through all over these are classical devices. Yeah. I've almost feel like I've been hoodwinked by a pop song. I like it because it's it's made to be liked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, You've been yeah. caught in the trap. <laughs> Yes, and again, this is a you know, coming into a sort of pop art time. There's a there is a definite sort of um, pop. Yeah, I, I just think it. I just think it's a really accessible image. But just because it's so simple and accessible doesn't mean there's a lot of com- there isn't complicated ideas informing it and Indeed. making it work. Um, it does work. It's successful and it, it is emotive. It is making me feel emotions and they vary depending on on your mood like you say the viewer almost brings the meaning to the image they bring their own narrative if if you had to hang this in your house what room would you have it in i like the idea of it being at the bottom of the stairs yeah yeah i like the idea to that welcome or scare, away scare guests. me in the night yeah. yeah scare away guests but also just surprise me <laughs> there's a certain sort of boo quality to it as well isn't it with the hands yeah. in the air <laughs> um i think it's brilliant and i think actually he is um, an underrated and um not particularly well-known artist, but he deserves to be well-known. It's. It, I, I find this picture works as clickbait for all of his other work. Uh-huh. So if you see this and you enjoy it, you should then go and check out everything else because it's. it will really cheer up your day. Mm. You know, you just start going through something and you you just, yeah, you anthropomorphize all these pictures. <laughs> God, I can't speak. And, um, and you just love every single one of them. Or suddenly you come across one that you just wouldn't expect him to do. And that makes him so much more fascinating. Mm. So, yeah, because he's so diverse, isn't mm. he? And, 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 yeah, I mean, I think that's the other thing as well. When great artists who are skilled, who are trained, I mean, he trained extensively. He cut his teeth and he could do his draftsmanship. A um, bit like Picasso, isn't it? That, you know, I wonder you, if that's why he's not so well known, because Picasso kind of, of the era was... Dominant. The, yeah. Yeah. And and you can see elements of, of them doing similar things. Yeah, he's, he's done quite um, a few works that does... I mean, if you saw one of... Barge's works, you might assume it was a Picasso just because of the composition, the way all the facial features are knocked about. Mm. And I think that they go, they've gone through the same process, haven't they? Which is, um, despite the fact that they're incredibly highly skilled, highly trained artists, they reject those traditions. They, um, they throw out all the grandmasters. He actually, he used to replicate them, didn't he? He used mm. to do Leonardo's, he used to, you know, copy them out and then and mess around with them collage them and um, and so there's that that 60s 1960s sense of pulling the grandmasters mm. off their pedestals and creating art that's there to provoke that's there to to you know some people can hate it mm. it's okay to hate it that's the other thing i always think it's quite good to hate i artwork. think i think so as well because if you've got a piece of if you don't make a piece of work that people hate how can you genuinely make a piece of work that people are going to love right you know? right yeah you have to have something to counter it against yeah. and a lot of modern art is Marmite. A lot of people mm-hmm. will not like this who are listening to the podcast. But I think that's a really important aspect because hate is an emotion too. Yeah. And if you stand in front of it and you're feeling angry about it mm. and wondering, this is an art, how can you call this art? If you're having that process, then you're engaging with it. If, if anyone can 
if anyone can put into words why they hate this, I would love to know why. Oh gosh, thanks. Yeah. I'm going to be getting loads of vitriol I really, now. I really enjoy that. <laughs> you're just, you're yeah. going to mess up my, my feed now. Ricky. I think it's because you posted that picture of my phone for, <laughs> on Twitter. You're trying to get me back. Yeah. You're trying to ruin me. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it is important. I say it to my students as well. I say, I don't mind if you tell me that you hate Tracy Ehrman's bed. I don't mind if you tell me that you hate Damien Hurst's mm. shark. You know, it's good to have a conversation about it and work out why you're having those feelings towards it. Um, because that's partly what the artist wants you to do. Mm. You know, if he wanted us to all like this, he could have painted a beautiful, perfect landscape. He could have reproduced another Leonardo. Yeah. He's provoking. He's trying to do something to um, you know, to get a reaction. Um, do you, do you, do you, are you getting frustration from it as well? Even though it's such mm. an explosion of stuff, I feel like it's trying to break away from something. It's getting something. under my skin, mm. definitely. It makes me feel edgy. I'm going to dream of this little face now. I I, every time I look back, it's still there. <laughs> Surely after animating it, you must have been staring at it for I was aware, staring for quite a long time. <laughs> We've talked loads. This has been brilliant. Um, thank you for bringing me and the Art Detective listeners to this work. Um, I think it was a really, really good choice. I'm not, as I said earlier, I'm not in the least bit surprised you picked it. And it's the big kid in you that I'm made so you predictable. <laughs> I should I should have picked one of the ones with dicks in, right? <laughs> I'm amazed you didn't turn up wearing your Art Ninja top as well. What are you talking about? I am wearing it. About. <laughs> it's a great thing about podcasts. You can't see me. You don't me. know. Mm. We don't know. Um, Ricky, it's been amazing. You are, you're, you're brilliant. I love Art Ninja because I think you're getting kids interested in art. And, and actually, you don't become, not, not, people don't really tend to just fall in love with art as an adult. You have to start young and you have to get kids interested and that's the future of the discipline. So well, I, I thank so. you. Oh, thank you for um, having me. You're on Twitter, aren't you? I am, yeah. To follow you. At, um, I am at Rex Martin. At Rex. R-E-X. M-A-R-T-I-N. At Rex Martin. Funny enough, Ricky Martin was taken. <laughs> I wonder who got that mm. one. <laughs> Living la vida loca. I'm also on Twitter. I'm Dr. Yanina Ramirez. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast by going to historyhit.com slash artdetective. It's been a, a light-hearted, fun, um, exciting podcast today. And next week, more is to come. Thanks so much, Ricky. No, thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.